Welcome. Pull up a seat, grab a cup, and get ready to share, listen, and learn. This is my favorite coffee story with your host, Aniko Samoji. You'll hear about the stories about coffee itself, the history, health benefits, recipes, and more, along with some personal stories inspired by coffee and the lifestyle. Now, here is Aniko Somoji. Welcome to my favorite coffee story. I am so excited about the show today. We have a terrific guest joining us today. And before I introduce Holly Shaw, we always have our Anikona Farm moment. We're going to be talking today about what about coffee and an artist's world and creativity. And on the farm, you know, we have a lot of creativity going too. On the big island of Hawaii, we met with our friends, uh, Puna Chocolate, and they grow their own cacao and make their own delicious chocolate from the big island of Hawaii. And they've been nice to feature Anikona coffee in their shops in Chicago and Hilo, and they're opening a shop in, in Kona. And their chocolate is so delicious and fresh. And we're even contemplating being creative with making kind of a coffee chocolate bar with Puna chocolate. So we'll see how that goes. We might have something like an Anikona bar or mocha bar. So we'll keep you posted on that. So that was fun on the farm when we met with our friends, Adam and Ben at Puna chocolate. So that's a little bit about what's going on at Anikona farm. So let's talk about what about coffee in an artist's world with Holly Shaw? We're so delighted Holly's joining us today. She's a best-selling author and a creativity coach to many Emmy Award and Grammy-nominated artists. She's also host of a popular podcast called Performers and Creators Lab and we on Voice America, and we cannot wait to talk with Holly and welcome you, Holly, to My Favorite Coffee Story. Thank you for joining us today. Thanks for having me. I'm stoked to have this conversation <laughs> with you, Aniko. <laughs> oh, well, our listeners are so excited too, all around the world. And we're going to be sharing a lot about what you know about creativity, which is so exciting. We thought we'd start, please, Holly, with some of your early days in your career and some of your growing up days and family times. Please tell us a little bit about your early days. Oh, sure. Well, I, you know, I grew up in Indianapolis, Indiana. So, wow. um, yeah, so not, you know, I don't know if you've heard of the big film industry in Indianapolis, but you haven't because it doesn't exist. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but I, you know, I really, I always loved dance. I, I was in dance classes since I can remember. And I was in, um, you know, I would be in theater and, and different shows and community and, um, and school theater. And I just always loved that feeling of having the room's attention and being able to take everybody into like a little magical bubble, you know, it was like, yes, I, I could feel that I, you know, I, I had them. And then, and then I, it was up to me to kind of like take us somewhere. And, um, you know, I, I loved it. I wasn't always great at it though. I mean, I have to say like, like peppered in there with all those fond memories of, of powerful performances are also times that like, I remember my very first tap solo. Um, I forgot, you know, my mind just went blank in the middle of the performance and I'll never forget looking over to the side and seeing my sister doing the tap movements with her hands, trying to remind me of like, this is what comes next. And I, so then I did that one move And then I still couldn't remember my dance. And I just burst into tears and ran off the stage. Um, Yeah, I mean, I say that like kind of with joyful laughter now, but it was pretty dramatic. How old were you, Holly? Gosh, I think I must have been like eight, seven or eight when that that happened. Yeah. That that was in Indianapolis. Yeah, that was in Indiana. Yeah. Okay. So it sounds like, though, you always knew that you wanted to do something in the performing arts or acting or dancing. That's that's really interesting. You you attended Butler University and dance in 1998. Tell us some of yeah. the experiences there. How did that go? 
Oh, sure. Well, that was, I mean, that was after I had already done the acting thing. I had gotten an agent in Chicago, just to kind of backtrack a little bit to give some context. I had, I had pestered my father to take me to Chicago. Um, and, and we, I remember walking the pavement for like two weeks, going to all these different agencies. This is back in the day where you could just go to their open call right? and, and getting an agent, auditioning, doing, um, I, I got, um, I landed my first role as a, in a, starring in an ABC after school special in 1993. And that I got my SAG card that way. And I started to do movies. I started to do um, little films and things like that. Um, yeah. And so the Butler University after actually came later after I had oh, I sort see. of switched gears, decided to stop acting. Um, and I had come back home and I knew dance was the next big outlet for me, but I wasn't sure what that looked like because my whole life, Aniko, I'd been this curvy woman and that body didn't, I didn't really, you know, this is before YouTube and I didn't really know that there were other types of dances out there where that was acceptable. Yes. So I was, I knew I had to dance, but I didn't know in what way or shape or format that was going to take place. So I was kind of stuck in this studying modern dance at Butler place. Um, and then, um, luckily we had like one flamenco dance teacher in Indianapolis and I started studying flamenco. Wow. That's so when you were at Butler university, there were a variety of dances, but it was focused mainly on maybe some of the more modern was your flamenco dance teacher, someone who maybe became a mentor for you later on. Yeah, I mean, just seeing her, the the dance, the flamenco dance was beautiful, and they did. Oh, it they, is. Yeah, and they didn't really actually at Butler. That was really modern and ballet. I mean, that was it. That was like all that was really available. You know that that was what you did if you were going to be a professional dancer. You were a modern dancer, or you were a ballerina, and I was neither of those things really. And um, so when I found flamenco, it was like, wow, you mean I get to be a woman and do this? And in fact, you know, you're not really like, there's not a time limit to flamenco. Like there are yes. these other dancers. You could do it as you get older. In fact, they don't even think you're any good until you're like 30. It's like, what, what stories do you have to tell? You know, like, you, okay. You, yeah. So, um, it really, it's, it's a, you know, it was really a beautiful reawakening and sort of claiming of my womanhood to become a flamenco dancer. Yeah. Absolutely. And that's such a beautiful story, how you discovered how that really was a special dance for you. What was it about flamenco, that dance style that really spoke to you? You had mentioned that it definitely celebrates womanhood. Please share a little bit more about that. Sure. Well, it's, it's, it's strong, yet sensual. Yes. It's feminine, but it also has these sort of mass, more masculine or what could be considered masculine elements. So you really get to express both ends of the spectrum, you know, really like more of yourself. Um, I had also briefly been performing Middle Eastern dance, or okay. a lot of people think of it as uh, belly dance. And that's, that's very feminine. And it was very well suited to me, actually, with my body type. Um, and, it, and to me, it came so easily that I quickly became bored with it. I was like, this is fun, but it's, <laughs> it's not challenging enough for me. And, um, and uh, the more intricate things, I just wasn't that interested in, in uh, learning, you know, like how to flutter yes. my belly or balance a coin or, uh, you know, do the sword <laughs> on my head. I mean, those are, it's beautiful you know, if that's your passion, but it, it, that just to me wasn't my aesthetic. And in flamenco, it was like, it had the sensuality, like you have these beautiful sensual hands and you, you use your hips in a really sensual um, way. Uh, but it also has this strength and this power and this sharpness and this directness and you're dancing for yourself. Yes. You know, it's not like you're not, uh, and that's something I actually had to adjust and get used to. It's like you're not dancing for the crowd. You're dancing with your musicians 
and you're dancing for yourself. And yeah. Thank you for describing that and sharing that with our listeners. That's so inspiring, Holly. Well, you went on to uh, attend a school called the Mother of Invention Acting School and Tamalpa Institute, where it sounds like you studied somatic body work and some related therapeutic services. Please share a little bit about that. That's fascinating. Sure. Well, that's, um, you know, I live in the San Francisco Bay Area, and this is really a hotbed of the healing arts. And yes. the Tamalpa Institute, if you don't know, um, is Anna Halperin. She is, she's a, a huge figure. She's a, a postmodern, she's the grandmother of postmodern dance, basically, people consider her. She's still living, still making dance. She's I've met her and and been in workshops with her. She's an amazing woman. Um, she has a center called Tamalpa Institute, and they teach the life art process there. Her daughter, I've also studied with Daria Halperin. Okay. Um, yeah, and so and and she has another daughter, Raina Halperin, and the whole family is incredible. They all do different aspects of this work. Daria does a little bit more of the psych- psychological um, work, but they. Um, and then Anna, more of the art artistic side, but okay. it's basically a process of using the body. Uh, and I, I, I hope I'm not misrepresenting it, but it's using the body as a well of knowledge. And, yes. and somatics is really um, using movement and um, body awareness and, um, and these types of things as a way into understanding our our psychological sphere and working through our our issues, um, working through our trauma, healing trauma, um, and and just learning to be a better human. You know, there yes. there's something really fantastic about dancing for hours and hours and hours with a community. Like I remember this one dance, Anna had us do. I can't. I wish I could remember the name of it. Is it all right if I share a little bit about that dance? Of course. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I feel like I could just, I'm rambling on. But, no, um, I love hearing about it. Okay, great. So there was this one dance where uh, basically you're you're connecting and, and disconnecting. So you're, you're, um, you're dancing, you're holding hands, and then when you feel like it, you just let go. And then you kind of float until you decide to connect with another group. And sometimes lines form. But it, it sounds so simple. And yet it's the most powerful. You have these powerful realizations of, of how you feel about being in a group or how you feel about being alone. And so right. that's just one example. Yeah. Oh, thank you for taking us there. We can yeah. picture that, Holly. And that is that is really very powerful. And I can see how sometimes you say, Holly, that performers can really heal audiences as well as themselves. And it seems like through that dance, that really brings it to life, how the healing and well-being can happen. We're curious, too, Holly, how you also became founder and director of Eyes Elixir or Eve's Elixir Project in 2007. Before we go to break, we have a couple minutes. Could you share, please, with us a little bit about that project? Oh, sure. So I was, you know, creating dance on my own, and I'm a flamenco dancer, but I'm a white American lady that grew up listening to jazz and dancing tap. So, so I I was never going to be, uh, you know, I'm never going to be dancing flamenco in a puro, they call it, way, like a very pure, um, I'm not gitano, you know, this is not right. my, I am borrowing this dance. Um, and, and I do so, I hope with as much respect as, as I can. And, um, and so, but that being said, and that being said, I wanted to express myself within the dance. I wanted to create dances that were a little bit contemporary dance and a little bit flamenco. And so there was no place to really showcase that work. So I created the Ease Elixir Project as a place for artists, dancers, musicians, people doing traditional dance forms who wanted to sort of push the envelope, take risks. And that's what we did. So I created shows, um, putting out new work where people were just invited to try new things. 
Oh, I see. And that sounds like it almost became the start of your journey as a creativity coach. Please share with us in about a minute what it's like being a creativity coach and some of your favorite elements, please. Oh, it's it's fun. I feel like it's yeah. it's kind of what I was here to do. I mean, my favorite thing in the world is seeing someone break out of a shell and surprise themselves. Yes. You know, see them Absolutely. push the edges of their potential and surprise themselves. I think that's the most satisfying thing. And how you help performers do that is so exciting. When we come back after the break, we're going to talk a little bit more with Holly Shaw about how she founded performers and creators lab in the san francisco area and we'll also ask her how coffee might play a role sometimes and when she meets with people and how they share and uh, a little bit about more about creativity right after the break so please join us The Internet's number one talk station. Number one talk station. VoiceAmerica.com My favorite coffee story is brought to you by Anikona Farm, where every bean we grow represents a great story somewhere in the world. When you buy coffee from Anikona Farm, you're investing in new memories, stories, and experiences. We harvest our beans with your future story in our heart. So, from our heart to yours, enjoy the Anikona experience. May your coffee story be as rich and delicious as our Kona coffee with love. Please visit Anikona.com and get your Anikona Story coffee special today. What if there was a radio show that could demonstrate how we can cut your taxes in half without diminishing needed government services? One that could explain how to create tens of millions of jobs at no cost to taxpayers, as well as fantastic yet easily affordable health care. Side effects include cutting crime rates nationwide, providing better education for our children, international peace and harmony, and protecting your private, personal data from government intrusion. Tune in to Libertarians Working for You with Arvind Vora, Tuesdays at 8 p.m. Eastern Time, 5 p.m. Pacific Time, on Voice America Variety. Your favorite Voice America Talk Radio Network shows and hosts are in your car, outdoors, and wherever you need them to be. Listen anywhere. Get our mobile app for iPhone, BlackBerry, or Android at the Apple iTunes App Store, BlackBerry App World, or Android Market. News. Opinion. Your voice counts. Call toll-free 1-866-472-5787. 1-866-472-5787. VoiceAmerica.com. You are listening to My Favorite Coffee Story with Aniko Samoji. Drop us a line and share your story. Our email address is orders at anikona.com. Again, that's orders at anikona.com. Now, back to this week's show. Welcome back to My Favorite Coffee Story. We're having such a nice time with Holly Shaw. She's a best-selling author and creativity coach to Emmy Award and Grammy-nominated artists. She's also host of a popular podcast called Performers and Creators Lab on voiceamerica.com. And we were just sharing with, with Holly how she founded Performers and Creators Lab in 2012 in the San Francisco area. And what it's like being a creativity coach, some of her favorite elements. So, Holly, we were going to ask you how I know you're involved in helping performers with public speaking and dance training and even client management. How you even help performers create some of their original work and how you say help them keep their sanity. Please share with us how mm. how that happens and how you help them. Mm-hmm. Certainly. Yeah. So, you know, it's funny. Um, I really, what I do is really, what I've come to understand is like the mental piece, the mental um, piece of being an artist, which is 
those places where you get stuck and you get in your own way and you get blocked. Uh, And, and it's, it's interesting because it's like when you first start out as an artist, if you're young enough, it's like, oh, this is easy. This is fun. I love this. And you just keep doing it and you just keep doing it. And people say, hey, you're pretty good at that. And you're like, yeah, I'm, I am pretty good at this. This is fun. I'm going to keep doing this. I'm going to do this for a living. And then all of a sudden you find yourself in a place where maybe you have had some success or maybe you've... Um, you find yourself in a professional sphere and you're you're in this place where you want to top the last thing that you did or you feel like you the the well is running dry or yes um or you're like wait I'm 40 and I didn't do what I wanted to do or this didn't look like it was supposed to look and you start to kind of freak out and um you know it's like these pain points of self-doubt and fear they're there early on so it's like I feel like my podcast, my books, they're helpful to people at all levels, right? From right. the from the artist just starting out to the artist who's accomplished uh, and creating masterpieces. But it's when you get to those places where you start to put real pressure on yourself, or you feel the pressure from outside, that that's when I step in and work with clients, mostly one on one, because all of a sudden those little pain points add up and like, oh, wait, I, I, I never worked on my self-worth. Wait a minute. I don't, you know, I don't have a, a method for um, creating better habits. I don't have a way to, I've had this fear and doubt my whole life and now it's just grown unmanageably huge. And so I help people with using hypnosis um, and coaching and somatics. I use um, these tools to help them overcome stage fright, performance anxiety, creative blocks, um, all these things that can get in the way of enjoying being an artist. Yes. Oh, thank you for sharing that. When you're meeting with your clients, and I'm so curious for our listeners, and we love to weave in some favorite coffee stories. Have you had any favorite coffee stories that you could share with us as you've met with clients or some performers, like in a cute cafe or something and you're chatting about their next steps please share with us a little bit maybe if you have a favorite coffee story sure well I love coffee and um, if I can just share my daily ritual is a really beautiful cup of coffee which I tried your coffee that you gave me at Digital Hollywood, Aniko. It's so oh, delicious. Oh, my thank goodness. Thank you for trying it, Holly. <laughs> I love it. Yeah, it's almost gone. I'm going to need to reorder. Um, <laughs> so I, I'll, ha- I'll start with a cup of your coffee. And then I'll add, uh, I like to add a little scoop of non-sweetened chocolate. So chocolate that has very little sugar or cacao or something that's just very dense chocolate. And then I add a scoop of uh, uh, coconut oil. And yeah, and then I'll add uh, just a dash of cayenne pepper and mix that together. And it's the most delicious, luxurious, little spicy, chocolatey, velvety, you know, with the coconut oil on your lips. I just, it's delicious. So that is my morning ritual. Your morning. (laughs) That's a nice way to start out the day. That sounds really delicious. Thank you for sharing that. It's very good. (laughs) Oh, that's so fun. So you just have the one cup in the morning and that gets you going for the day, it sounds like. Yeah, occasionally, you know, if I am meeting with a client at a cafe or something, I'll have another cup. I do like to go to um, the cafe to work sometimes. It's just a yes. great way to focus, you know. And I, it's like if I'm at home, I'm just going to do laundry and <laughs> find a million reasons <laughs> not to do my work. So sometimes I'll go to a cafe with my laptop and knock out some some work that way. Yeah. Share with us, please, a little bit about some of your favorite projects you've worked on, whether they're with um, during travels by chance. I know you travel quite a bit, but maybe some of those those projects that stand out that you just love to work on. Mm. Well, I guess the first thing that's coming to mind is I'm working on this project right now from 
the interviews that we did at Digital Hollywood. Yes. And it's called Women in Hollywood, Warriors from Within. And I, you know, I had these interviews from Digital Hollywood and I was like, I want to rebroadcast these on my podcast. Like, I think these need to be heard again. And they're all short interviews. And I was like, how am I going to share these with the world? They're all short interviews and they're all with these amazing women that are, gosh, they're like really making change. And then I realized, you know, this warrior archetype came up for me. And yes, and it's like, I played with the idea of like, Giving each, giving each uh, guest a different warrior archetype, and and then I realized pretty quickly like that was kind of a cheesy. Um, that's that wasn't gonna fly necessarily with all my <laughs> guests. <laughs> but it's but it's those little things like it's that research that nobody ever sees. Like right. Nobody, you know, like unless I unless you're listening to this, you don't know that that's behind the what I'm putting out there right but that's like what fed me to do the project is researching (gasps) women warriors um thinking about how women today are you know we're warriors but not in a not not in a violent way it's like it's like we're to be warriors in a new way it's like the world needs something different we don't need women to take over and enslave men. And like, that's not what we want. You know, we need power in a new way. We need like a shared power system. We need it. We just have to, it has to be new. And I, and I think women and the energy of the feminine, feminine, because there are persons that are not necessarily women, transgender, all this, but that feminine energy is really important right now. And um, yeah, anyway, but you wouldn't know that it was just the joy of what's behind the project. You know what I mean? Yes. Yes. And I love that project. What a great idea, Holly. That's going to be fantastic. And I cannot wait to actually listen in or learn a little bit more about that. And from your guests, what would you say, Holly, is, is an element that helps performers bring out their creativity? If you were to summarize that? Mm. I think where people get stuck is in thinking that there is a, there's something that they have to do, that they have a, a prescribed, like, this is what I'm supposed to be doing. This is what I should do. And anytime I find myself saying, this is what I should do, I've learned now to pause and go, hang on. Cause there's never been a should that was very like fun for me. So, right. (laughs) You know, and I, and I think, um, really leaning into your pleasure, even if you can't see the end of it. Like I think for any of your listeners that are, you know, maybe they don't want to do art professionally, but they've they've toyed with the idea of picking up their paints again or, um, you know, playing flute again or whatever it is. I think we don't have to know where it's leading. It's like if it's simply pleasurable and pleasurable for you to do that, Yes. Then just do it for the pleasure and the ideas of where it's supposed to lead will follow. And isn't that enough? Like, what's the result? If it doesn't come to anything, you've led a good, pleasurable, happy life. Right? Absolutely. Yeah. Yes, that's so true and so beautifully yeah. stated. By chance, Holly, do you talk a little bit more about that in your best-selling book, Creative Formula? Oh yeah, absolutely. I do. Yeah. And the, in the creative formula, um, you know, the creative formula is very simple. It's three steps, alignment, allowing and articulation and alignment is the getting in the mood to create. So it's like, sometimes we, there's something that a project we want to do, but for whatever reason, we're just not into it that day. So alignment is that getting excited, getting in the mood, Allowing is the creative play space, the freedom, the brainstorming, the improvisation, the the space where it's just fun and you're not trying to make anything happen. You're just um, trying to, you know, follow your trail of interest. And then articulation is that space where you compose, you edit um, and you finish the project. Yeah. 
Oh, I see. Thank you for sharing that, too. I was curious, as you talk about for a performer or someone when you're trying to bring out their creativity, you're trying to help them capture their masterpiece. And I love how you phrase that, capture their masterpiece. And it seems like Mm -hmm. in the book, you've definitely shared about that and inspired people to capture their masterpiece, whatever that looks like. Uh, And then having the pleasure along the way as you do that is so important. How did you, yes, how did you then start the podcast that you have uh, and that it's been so popular, Performers and Creators Lab podcast on Voice America? Thank you. Yeah, it, it is going well. I I love it so much. Um, yeah, thanks for asking about it. I, let's see, I I know that the work I'm doing, the messages I have extend beyond you know, what I can deliver in a talk to a hundred people at the SAG-AFTRA headquarters or, you know, what I can. And so I realized that writing books or doing a podcast where I can get the message out to more people, thousands of people is really what's important. Um, I love working with clients and I, I continue to do that, but it's, it was really that need to, to take my message and be able to expand it and, and reach more people, you know, that, that could get that information for free. Like, I love the setup of a podcast. It's like, you can, it's, it's, it feels generous, right? You just, yeah, people, people can listen. It doesn't cost them a dime to get the information <laughs> that I'm giving. And I get to invite people on that I want to talk to. Yeah. And I get to talk about things that I'm passionate about and um, engage with my listeners on social media. And and for me as a performer, there's a, an element of getting to perform, right? Getting to yes. to, to yes. do a little intro or whatever I, it is, is that I do. Um, yeah, I love it. Oh, well, and it's going so well, and, and everyone really enjoys your podcast. I uh, I love how you have talked about some of the reasons why artists today are basically today shamans. And I love how you say, you know, you know, that artists, you know, they take people on an emotional journey and they, you know, their work has the ability to heal both the audience and the artists. We talked a little bit about that earlier. Mm-hmm. And practicing their craft is like a daily spiritual practice. And then I mm-hmm. thought it was so cute how you say sometimes, you know, artists wear funny hats. Please share with us before we go to break. <laughs> it's so cute. Please share with us, Holly, before we go to break in about a minute. How how you even came up with that idea? Because I just love it. Oh, thanks. Yeah, no, I mean it's not uh, my original idea. I um, I didn't think it was, but somebody did alert me to the fact that Joseph Campbell said something similar. Um, not the artist is today's shaman, but basically that. Basically, okay. um, it's not a new idea because think about shamans that play the drum or um, yes, you know, dance or um, do these different rituals to to heal people or travel consciousness. And so it's an old idea. uh, But I think what I love about it is embracing that idea gives artists greater purpose and reminds them of what they do. And that's why it's important. Yeah, that's why I think it's important. We, We take people on an emotional and evolutional journey. And I think there's a responsibility there. I think we have more power than we realize. Think about millions of people that watch movies and that story infiltrates our society. So I just want artists to sort of own that a little more. Yes, that that really is true and, and really well put. And Holly, when we come back from the break, we can't wait to ask you about some of your upcoming projects and travels and and uh, how you balance your time. So thank you for sharing with us a little bit about your book and what inspires someone to be creative and bringing out their masterpiece. We've so enjoyed chatting with you. So listeners, please join us right after the break.
stimulating talk it gets those synapses in the brain firing really fast. All the time. The number one internet talk station where your opinion counts. VoiceAmerica.com. My favorite coffee story is brought to you by Anikona Farm, where every bean we grow represents a great story somewhere in the world. When you buy coffee from Anikona Farm, you're investing in new memories, stories, and experiences. We harvest our beans with your future story in our heart. So, from our heart to yours, enjoy the Anikona experience. May your coffee story be as rich and delicious as our Kona coffee with love. Please visit Anikona.com and get your Anikona Story coffee special today. Voice America Network proudly presents the Catherine Zox Show for women, men, children, and families. Catherine magically combines her compassion, experience, and talent to bring listeners a show that's upbeat, informative, and yes, a little sassy. Tune in every Wednesday at 7 a.m. Pacific Time, 10 a.m. Eastern to the Catherine Zox Show on the Voice America channel. Have you had a chance to check out Voice America's online magazine and blog, Press Pass? If you love our hosts and shows, check out articles that give an even deeper perspective. Plus topics about health and fitness, movie reviews, philosophy, business tips and tactics, spirituality, positive thought, current events, and even more about your favorite host. It's just a click away at VAPressPass.com. That's VAPressPass.com. VA Press Pass by Voice America. All access, all the time. News, opinion, your voice counts. Call toll-free 1-866-472-5787, 1-866-472-5787, voiceamerica.com. You are listening to My Favorite Coffee Story with Aniko Samoji. Drop us a line and share your story. Our email address is orders at anikona.com. Again, that's orders at anikona.com. Now, back to this week's show. Welcome back to My Favorite Coffee Story. We're having a wonderful time with Holly Shaw, best-selling author and creativity coach to Emmy Award and Grammy-nominated artists. And we were just chatting with Holly about her popular podcast, Performers and Creators Lab on voiceamerica.com, and how some of the reasons, it really makes sense that why today's artists are really today's shamans. We're just chatting about that. We were going to ask Holly a little bit about her upcoming projects. Holly, please share with us what you have coming up. Sure. Well, i got the rest of the year of podcasts coming up. <laughs> that is really my, we appreciate. my soul. Yeah, that producing that show every week has just consumed my life, I have to say. Um, well, you do such a great job. Yeah, I, I am going on tour in L.A., so I'll be in L.A. Um, August 7th through the 14th. I'm going to be um, speaking and giving a workshop at the Screen Actors Guild and AFTRA uh, headquarters um, in LA. And I've got, um, I'm lining up some live podcast recordings and interviews. Um, so, and hopefully seeing some clients while I'm there as well um, that have I have in LA. So yeah, so I'm going to be on tour in LA. And then, um, yeah, and then the rest of the year is really about, for me, uh, connecting with, new people on my show. Yes. Continuing to deliver the best content that I can on that podcast um, and really growing that show so that I can continue it. You know, I know that, you know, yes. Yes. Like how much work it is and that um, at a certain point, you know, I have, I'm going to have to seek sponsorship and, yes, and those of sorts course. of things. So that's coming up. I'm excited. I'm excited for you. Are you by chance going to meet with some of the the women, the creative women that you're bringing into the the warrior segment on your podcast when you're in Los Angeles? Oh, yes. Yes, I do plan to do a, a few follow-up interviews hopefully while I'm there. We're tr- still trying to coordinate that, but yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, that that's so exciting. Do you have by chance a favorite coffee cafe in Los Angeles that you like to go to? Oh, right. Well, let's see. <laughs> the one that I am sort of staking out and hoping to get uh, uh, do an event there is um, the Republic of Pie. 
Okay. They do live music events and community events with artists. And I just thought that would be a really cool place to, um, to work while I'm there. But yeah, I'm, I'm excited to, to see, to learn and to frequent more cafes while I'm in LA. Yeah. Yes. And you're so busy between the podcasts and helping performers and artists really bring out their creative side as a creativity coach. And you're, you're, uh, you know, living in San Francisco is a wonderful environment and you're on travel quite a bit as well, as you just mentioned, going to Los Angeles. Please share with our listeners how you balance your time through all that. Yeah. Well, I mean, and just to add to that, I'm a single mom. I have a 15-year-old son. Yeah. Oh, well, and you're a great mom, I know. And I can imagine your son has that creative side to him as well. I could imagine. Yeah. 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 He he is. He's great. He loves to sing. Um, But he doesn't like it when I talk about him. So. (laughs) Okay. We won't talk about it. But how do you you balance all that, Holly? What's what's your secret? Uh, You know, I am a time management whore. <laughs> I was trying to find a different word, but then I was like, well, you're focused. You're focused on your time management. I, I bet that makes it good. I think being a single mom, working full time, trying to grow a business at the same time, all yeah. these sorts of things, like I've become more driven. And it's like when you have less time, I feel like you just become better with it. There is there's yeah, something absolutely. about for me. Yeah, the, about being a, becoming a mom, where I just um, some other people can do it without being a mom, but for me that was that was when I was like, oh wow, like I realized how much time I had wasted in my life, and all of a sudden my time became precious. So I thought of more things I wanted to do with it than just, you know, whatever, hang out or whatever. Right. <laughs> I became a mom at twenty five, so um, so I, you know. Um, pretty early on, I, I got into time management for myself and I'm just really focused. You know, I keep a, a, a tight schedule of, you know, what I want to be doing and I'm really focused. And when I feel really good and I'm in a creative flow, I get a lot of stuff done and yes. I just, I, I push, I, um, I work really, really hard. And then in the, and this may not be popular, but in those moments when I'm not feeling great, when I'm feeling self-doubt or my energy is a little low, it happens about once a month or maybe yes. every other month, I just don't push. I just am like, all right, nothing's getting done today because you know, I'm not in the mood and I don't push and I take a day or two off. And you know that works for me. Not everybody... Yes. Can be super disciplined. Not everybody can, you know, I think it's popular to say, oh, you should write every day or you should do your craft every day. Uh, for me, I don't, I don't think that's, that works for me. And I've accepted that. And it's great that you take a little time off now and then, because I know how focused you are and what a great job you do as a mom and all that you do with your writing and your podcasts and helping clients. And, you know, at the end of the day, too, making sure that you inspire your own creativity and take that time for yourself. That's really important, whatever that looks like, while you're still very focused. It sounds like you have a really good balance in how you do that. I'm curious as you pursue your upcoming projects and uh, you do have a lot on your plate, how would you describe your your dreams, Holly, for our listeners? Mm, you mean like what I'm working towards? Yes. Well, I, I really see myself, I really want to publish another book. I would okay. love to have, uh, I would love to have the backing of a publishing company to do that this time. My first one was self-published yeah. and I had a lot of support with editors and book designers and um, to make it great, but I would love to be published and I, by a publishing house, I would love to have that kind of backing. I would love to do basically just more of what I am doing. I feel like I'm, I'm living my dream life. You love what you do. I love what yes. I do. Like two days oh. a week. Two mornings a week, I go. I've started going and dancing in the mornings for two hours twice a week. Love it. So oh, important. Yes. I, you know, I love writing shows. I love putting them together. I love interviewing people. I love coaching people. I love speaking. 
I love all the workshops I'm I'm dreaming of doing um, that I haven't done in a while, and I, I just want I just want to be able to do that. Yes, and I I really am so happy to hear that you're taking time also for your dance because it mm-hmm. sounds like that's something that really is inspiring for you and brings out your creativity. I was I was curious. You mentioned the possibility of another book. What would that book look like? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, I've been toying around with the title of "Perform Like a Shaman." I don't think that will be the title because okay. people really uh, there are some people that feel very strongly that that's a cultural appropriation of the word shaman. Okay. Um, which I can understand that the feeling of that. I mean, the, the word shaman comes from that's that was a term coined by anthropologists, and yet I understand how it feels like cultural appropriation. So I probably won't use that. But basically, something like that. You know, I I want to share the secrets that I've learned about trance and performance and how we take the crowd with you or take the crowd with us, how we are able to do that. I'm just such a performance nerd and I love the transformational quality of what we do. And um, that would be the next book. I've got several, but that would be the next one that I'm just burning, just burning to write that book. Yeah, That's going to be an amazing book, Holly. We can't (laughs) wait. We wish you well with that. You had mentioned about how it's really important where one finds their, like their edge, like finding one's edge on stage or in their craft. Please share with us what that entails, how we can find our edge. Hmm. I think the edge is the edge of our potential. Okay. Right. It's that place where we've pushed beyond what we, beyond the edge, beyond what we think we're capable of. And I, I yeah. And I feel like that's exciting and that sometimes you need a coach or someone else in your life to help you hold that bigger vision for yourself to help you see it. You know what I mean? I do. Yeah. Like I think coaches in general and myself too have a gift of, or a role or responsibility to see the person sometimes even greater than they can see themselves and just holding that for them like a big pair of pants that they can step into. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, that's a good analogy. Definitely. Was there someone who inspired you to really find your edge, Holly? Mm, Several. Several, Aniko, yeah. Um, I think of my mentors, um, Benjamin Levy he, of Levy Dance, okay. um, seeing the way that he worked with dancers, with artists in his workshops. And I, I studied dance, modern dance with him for a couple of years. Um, I was too old to be doing, I shouldn't say that, but... <laughs> <laughs> My body could not really keep up with that, all that floor work. I mean, it was just like a tremendous, um, the way, he, the, the things that he choreographs are tremendous and, um, and, and just, I, my body wasn't down for that. So I couldn't continue it forever, but, um, I, what I learned from him was not that, right. That wasn't okay. really what I was there for. And I remember one workshop, uh, uh, at the end of the workshop, he sat everyone down in a circle. And now I'm wondering if I should share this, like if he'd be mad that I share his secrets. <laughs> well, well, it's okay if you don't have to yeah. share the secrets, but it's just wonderful. Yeah. He was an incredible mentor for you. And it's it's wonderful to have people in one's life like that. And maybe there were some things that he also taught you that then you can help others learn and sort of find one's edge as well. Right. Well, I will say this. He ushered each person in that group okay. beyond their edge. Like he ushered each person into an ecstatic state that 
you can't even describe. It was just beautiful to watch. And I watched him do it. There was like 30 of us. And I just, I was near the end and I just watched and watched and watched as each person broke open. And you could just, to me, it was palpable, the difference. Yes. And as I was watching, I think I was like 30 at the time. I said to myself, (gasps) every cell in my being was like, I don't know what that is, but that's, I'm, that's who I am. I want to do yes. that for people. I want to do what he's doing. And that was a real turning point in my life, recognizing I didn't know how exactly. I wasn't exactly him, you know, but um, I knew that, that I wanted to do that. Well, and you have been doing that, Holly, for so many artists and performers. And I'm sure they're so grateful to you. So thank you for all that you do as a creativity coach and all the important messages and inspiring stories that come out with your Performers and Creators Lab podcast on Voice America. And we've been so honored to have you today. So thank you for taking time during your busy days and and I know that your days are very full, but we've learned so much from you. And we really appreciate you joining us today, Holly, on my favorite coffee story. So thank you so much. Thanks so much for having me, Aniko. This has been fun. Uh, oh, it's been so wonderful and inspiring. And our listeners have really enjoyed it. And of course, listeners, thank you so much for joining us today. It's it's always wonderful when we're together every week. And Holly Shaw, she took us into the world of creativity and shared a little bit about how artists can take us on that emotional journey. And there's a responsibility there and what it's like to be a creativity coach, of course, sharing some fun coffee stories along the way. So we enjoyed listening to Holly's fun coffee stories. And of course, we'd love to continue the conversation together. Your questions can always be shared at orders at anikona.com. And at anikona.com, we always have our My Favorite Coffee Story gift if you'd like to check. So thanks again for another great visit today on My Favorite Coffee Story. We'll look forward to being together again next week. And in the meantime, we wish you a wonderful aloha. Thank you for taking an hour out of your busy week to join us on My Favorite Coffee Story. Please tune in again for another edition with your host, Aniko Samoji, next Tuesday at 4 p.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. Until then, we hope you'll have a relaxing week.